Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Let's go to the Father. Almighty God, thank you for a chance to be in your house and to worship you. We welcome you as you welcome us. Uh, Open us up, Lord Jesus, to your presence. May we experience you as we worship together. May your fullness come and fall upon us. We thank you for all your grace and for most of all your incredible unconditional love that you share with us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, This morning our scripture lesson comes from Luke chapter 23. Um, I'm often amazed when evil really presents itself how we remember those moments. Um, And you may remember in the countdown timer there were a number of those moments that that hit, hit, hit people and are stuck in their memory. They know exactly where they were. Uh, for instance, uh, if there's anyone here old enough, you may remember when uh, Pearl Harbor was attacked, um, and you'll know exactly where you were. Um, if you're a little older, you, you may remember the year I was born when Kennedy was assassinated. Actually, it was the year after I was born, when Kennedy was assassinated. I don't remember that. I don't know where I was. But for those of you who are a little older, you remember exactly where you were when that happened. Um, For those of you who are a little older, uh, you remember the day when the Twin Towers were hit in the Pentagon and just south of here uh, where that plane went face down. Uh, And you remember exactly where you were when you heard that. I, I remember... Uh, we were just, that was the year we built the addition here, and I was in the gym. Uh, I just walked in the gym, and the guys who were working had found a TV, and they were rigging it up because they had heard, and um, we saw the pictures, and, and boy, it just hits you deep. But you know, it doesn't have to be a national thing, right? Some of you remember that day you got the phone call, or that day the doctor looked at you and said, Or that day you thought the person you were going to spend the rest of your life with said, I'm done. You see, there's more evil in this world. And and evil is always there, and we know it's always there. But we don't always get it until it hits us in the face. And when it does, boy, it just knocks us, and we remember those days. The greatest day of evil, of course, was the day they hung Jesus upon that cross. And yet, for many of us, that's the most precious day that's ever happened. Read with me, if you would, in Luke chapter 23, beginning with verse 44. It was now the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. For the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into my hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and they went away. But those who knew him, those who knew him, including the women, who had followed him from Galilee, they stood at a distance watching these things. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. 
For those of you who are old enough, you are probably saying, I can't believe it's been 15 years already. <clears throat> it feels like 15 years, does it, Kenny? Uh, it doesn't feel like 15 to me. It seems like only yesterday. Um, and for those of you who are younger, you may be saying, I don't even remember um, that day. And that, that could be true for many of you here this morning. Uh, <clears throat> but we, we come to this day, and, and I don't know about you, but I begin to think through all the things that happened um, that day in particular, but, and especially in those hours after the attack happened on the United States. And, and I, I remember <clears throat> seeing all those pictures, those images, uh, those videos of, of some people running away. And there were a lot of people running away, trying to get away. And yet there were those others who were running too, uh, to try to help and, and to try to, to get there. <clears throat> But what I remember most is that pretty much everybody I knew was standing there looking in horror at what had just taken place. And of course, it wasn't just one thing, it was one thing. And then another. I remember uh, the, we were seeing a replay of the first tower being hit when the second tower was hit. And then, of course, the Pentagon. And then, of course, the, the plane that uh, went down due to the hero, heroism of those on board uh, that went down so that it didn't destroy more lives. Wow. It, it seemed like evil was having its day. And yet I also remember that, that out of that, afterwards, out of those ashes began to come some really incredible things. Uh, the United States was united like we hadn't been for a long time. And everybody was, was praying and, and together uh, reaching out for those who were the victims and, and their families and, and trying to, to help and, and everybody wanted to do anything they could. It was an incredible feeling of, of being united finally. And, and our country so often finds itself one side and the other and this person and that person. And, and, and I remember those days because it, it felt so good. Finally, we were all citizens of the United States. We weren't Democrats and Republicans. We were all together. Oh, maybe it does seem like quite a while ago, doesn't it? When you look at what's happening today. There, there was a renewed sense of seeking God. Someone once said that the greatest tragedy of 9-11 was when those had, who had questions about what had just happened, came to church and didn't find any answers. And to me, that was sad. I heard of churches that didn't even mention 9-11 that Sunday. I, I couldn't imagine. Not even connecting. I, I, I had a sermon all prepared, and I just kind of tossed it out the window because something else was happen, happening, and evil had stepped in that we needed to talk about and deal with. And people were asking questions, hard questions, but they were seeking God. And in that sense, it was kind of an exciting time. There were people who wanted to talk to believers about what they believed and why do you think this happened and what, what does that mean for me? In the midst of this evil, all of a sudden they were, they were asking the hard questions about God. And there were believers who were quickly sharing uh, their faith and what God can do and how God loves them and, and wants to walk with them and encourage them and, and empower them. And, and people's lives were being changed. It was, in that sense, an exciting time, even though it was filled with the horror of the evil we had watched on TV. And out of the ashes, out of the ashes of that moment, things looked differently. 
things look differently. And now, today, they look like they did before. And some people say, oh, that was the greatest evil they've ever seen or ever experienced. And yet, uh, I'm convinced that the greatest evil we've ever seen in the history of the world was the day, well, actually that week, those couple of days when they, when they took him and they beat him. When they mocked him and made fun of him. When they put that crown of thorns on his head and, and that robe on him and in derision cried out, if you are the Son of God, if you are the King, then tell me who hit you. And they spit on him and slapped him. And then they led him out to the, that tree. And they hung him there. The one who welcomed everybody. The one who was willing to love anybody. The one who, who would give his, his life and, and would touch those who were blind and those who couldn't walk and those who couldn't talk and, and who would reach out to those who were afraid and those who were alone and those who thought there was no hope. And he was the one who offered hope to everyone. And they killed him. It was the worst day ever. Where was it? Because you see, on that day there were some. <clears throat> there were some who came to see. They, they came just to see what it was all about and they didn't get it. And there were others who ran away. <laughs> Those were the disciples, of course. And then there were some who watched. Who watched in horror. And didn't understand why evil seemed to win. But I want you to see that as a result of that day, things permanently changed in the history of the world. For, for you see, as a result of that day, as a result of that moment, we now can be united, not just united with each other, but united with the God who loves us above all. Because you see, when Jesus died on the cross, He took our, our place. He took our death and offered us a relationship with the Almighty God. In the midst of the darkest day, God was doing the most incredible thing. And those who seek God now find Him in Jesus Christ. And when they truly seek after Him and find Jesus, they find a love that they've never experienced before. A love that's unconditional. A love that's willing in the face of evil to give their all so that you can overcome the evil in your lives. You see, things changed forever on that day. It was the most evil day, and yet out of the ashes came the most incredible gift we could ever have. Evil was no longer able to be victorious in our lives. Listen very carefully. Evil was no longer able to be victorious in our lives if we stood with Jesus. He changed it all. You see, out of the ashes came something that was very incredible. 
Out of the ashes came victory over evil. I was amazed when this image first began to appear, even on national news. They, they were willing to put it once in a while. That out of the ashes of 9-11, out of the ashes of the World Trade Center, in the midst of the darkest evil, there appeared a cross miraculously welded together out of two beams from one of the buildings. There it was. Evil trying to have its day. Evil trying to say that it would be victorious. And Jesus still proclaiming His victory over evil. Out of the ashes came victory. It's amazing to me that Jesus on that day of greatest evil began to help us to see how He would be victorious. Walk with me a minute because this is going to be important for you and for me. Because you see, evil's not done, is it? Evil still happens in our world. Evil still happens in your life. And people ask me all the time, why? Why should this happen to me? Why should this happen to my family? Why should this happen to those I love? Why should this happen to our nation? Why should this happen? And people have all kinds of answers. And I don't always have the answer to the why question. What I have the answer to is the fact that Jesus has brought victory over the evil in your life and in my life. And he proved it on that day. They hung him on the cross. You see, when he hung upon that cross, that cross became his throne. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And whenever the king is on his throne, the king makes pronouncements. Isn't that correct? So when the king is on his throne, the king is beginning to pronounce. Pronounce his power. Pronounce his victory. Pronounce his edicts that people were to hear and to pay close attention to. So I want you to just a couple minutes listen real quickly to the seven things Jesus said from the cross that we have recorded. They are so incredible and so powerful because they show us that Jesus overcame evil. First of all, Jesus said from that throne, he said, I thirst. And they tried to give him something to drink, but see, he didn't take it. And the reason why he didn't take it, some people say as well, because it was mixed with vinegar. I don't know what the issue was. What I know is that when Jesus refused that drink, what he said was he has victory over the physical desires in his life, and he has victory over the physical desires in your life. We live in a world where people are stuck in the evil of addiction, and we serve a God and we serve a Savior, and we serve a King who has, on the cross, defeated those addictions. And as you begin to submit your life to Him, He will overcome those addictions in your life. He's overcome that evil. He says from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is an incredible gift. He has overcome sin in our lives. He has overcome that, that binding we have to Satan and has set us free to serve Him. He has overcome those those things that lead us away from God and has drawn us back to Him. He calls us to the cross where if we stand at the foot of the cross and ask Him for His forgiveness, He will come in and cleanse us. The Scripture says if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and will cleanse us from, my favorite word, all unrighteousness. 
He's overcome sin. He's overcome brokenness. He says from the cross, Woman, behold thy son. Uh, thy. See, I, I memorized everything in King James. Sorry. He says, uh, Woman, behold your son. And, and he's looking at his mother. And he knows that, that what happens when he dies is that there's going to be separation, brokenness between him and her. She's going to miss him. And so he says, Mom, I want you to know, John here, he's going to take care of you. It's going to be okay. We'll be separated for now, but not forever. Jesus brought victory over that separation. Jesus brought victory over our separation from God. Jesus says from the cross, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And that is the first verse of Psalm 22. And if you read the last verse, what you discover, and of course, Jesus being a good uh, scholar of the scriptures and and a, a person who would respond to the word of God. Whenever you start a psalm, you say the whole psalm. He was saying the whole psalm. This wasn't just one verse. Listen carefully. If I say, Jesus loves me, this I know, you say, really, how did you know that? Some of you may not have known that um, uh, because you didn't grow up uh, as a kid singing those songs, but uh, those are the songs we sang. These are the psalms that the people of God recited over and over again. And when they heard the first verse, they heard the last verse. And Jesus was overcoming. In that last verse, uh, the psalmist says, and I will give you praise again in the company of my brothers in your house. Jesus proclaiming that this death is not an end, that it's not forever separation from God, that he will be reunited with God. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ because of the cross, when you die, you have a guarantee, not maybe, you have a guarantee that you will not be separated from God. As a matter of fact, if you follow Jesus Christ, God will come into your life. Jesus is going to send his Holy Spirit into you, and you will not be separated from God ever again. Never abandoned. Always, I hear of these babies who've been left and somebody finds them, they were abandoned and somebody finds them and somebody takes them into their house and that child grows up and they may hear the story of how someone abandoned them. That's great evil. But the good news is Jesus did not abandon them and does not abandon us. He proved that on the cross. That will never change. He loves you that much. He was willing to die for you. That will never change. Jesus says from the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus on the cross overcomes death. Death is not the end. There is paradise yet to come. If you put your trust in Jesus Christ, this is not all there is. Some people in our world today are trying to tell you this is all there is. I hope and pray this is not all there is. Our world is full of evil, full of hatred, full of anger. Is this what you want to consider all there is? Or would you rather believe, as the scripture teaches, that there's a place filled with love and grace and compassion where people are together, united in love? Isn't that an incredible image that Jesus gives? And he says to that thief on the cross, that one that you and I would have said deserved to die, and Jesus looked at him and said, because you believe in me, you will live forever. And he proved that by three days later stepping out of that tomb. Jesus on the cross declares it is finished. It is finished. Now there's a lot in those three, ver- three words. But one thing I want to note today is that I want you to hear that your suffering does not last forever. There's an end. 
there's an end. If you're in the midst of evil right now and you're struggling, I want you to hear very clearly that because Jesus died on the cross, your suffering will not last forever. There's an end. It is finished, he said. And lastly, he overcame evil. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. My spirit is safe in your hands. And if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, your spirit is safe in the hands of the Almighty God. And if your spirit is safe in the hands of the Almighty God, then evil cannot overcome you. You see, I want you to hear that in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of the evil that you face, Jesus is still in control. He's still on the throne. And because of that, evil will not defeat you. You may feel right now that you're down and out. You may feel like there's very little hope. You may be struggling just to get up every day. But I want you to hear that if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, he will give you the strength and fill you with hope and you will overcome because Jesus overcame evil on the cross and he is still on the throne. That's why you hear me say over and over and over again, never Give up. We serve a Savior who on the cross overcame the evil of this world. And if you hang on to Him, He will give you the power to overcome. Out of the ashes, you will rise because Jesus is in control. It was amazing to me as I read this passage again, and I've read it thousands of times, and I know that the centurion always praises God. He praises God. In the midst of the darkest evil, the scripture says, this centurion, the least likely person at that crucifixion to recognize God, gets down on his knees and praises God and proclaims Jesus a righteous man. <laughs> Do you hear how incredible that is? You see, this centurion was in charge of the crucifixion. He was the one who would make sure every ha- everything happened the way it was supposed to happen. He was convinced that crucifixion was the right way to go. And he was very sure that if the Roman government said this person should die, this person should die. And so of all the people there, he was the least likely person to see God at work in the darkest hour of human history. And yet it's exactly what happened in his life. All of a sudden, at the darkest moment when evil is at at its greatest, the least likely person sees God at work. He gets down on his knees and he praises God. I'm amazed at how Jesus over and over again has done this in people's lives. At your darkest moment, the person that you least expect to open their hearts to Jesus begins to look and sees out of your evil, out of your darkness, that God is still on the throne, and they open their heart to Jesus. I call that redemption. Taking that evil and redeeming it. Now, it doesn't make it hurt less. 
It doesn't make it a good thing. What it does is it redeems that evil. You see, Jesus is still on the throne, and he's still working, and he's working even through the evil of our world. That's how amazing our God is. You remember the blind man? He was born blind. And the disciples wanted to know who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Do you remember this story? Now, being born blind for him had to be a great difficulty. And it made it impossible for him to do many things that he could have enjoyed. He still lived. He still got around. But, but in his heart, this was a, a struggle and a trial. And Jesus comes along, and somebody wants to know, whose evil is it? Is it his or his parents? That doesn't matter to the blind man. He's simply blind. And Jesus comes along. They want to know who sinned. And Jesus says this, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened, what? So that the works of God might be displayed in him. In the midst of the evil in your lives, Jesus is still working and he may be revealing himself to the person you least expect to be open to his love and to his grace. Even in the midst of your darkest hour, God may be transforming you or someone else. You see, God was to be glorified even in the darkest moments. His glory still shines even in the deepest evil. Because Jesus is in control and God is going to be glorified. And lastly, I want you to see the women who are there. They're so precious. They're still watching. They're still looking. We're not told what their reaction is at the cross. I can't imagine the horror, the pain, the sadness the deep sense of loss. And yet what amazes me about these women is if you pay close attention, these women follow Jesus even when they take him off the cross and they follow him to the tomb and they watch where he is laid. You see, they keep watching. They don't stop watching. Yeah, Jesus has died. It looks like it's over. Everybody else walks away. But these women, for whatever reason, they continue to watch. Something tells them to continue to watch. And they watch and they watch And they watch, and they go to the tomb, and they see where they lay him. And they go home, and they begin to prepare his body for burial. And they do that, and because it's the Sabbath day, they wait until the Sabbath is over. And when the Sabbath is over, the next morning, where do they go? They go to the tomb. They're still watching. And when they get to the tomb, guess what they find? He's risen. They become the first witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. Why? Because they kept watching. They didn't stop watching. They kept watching. They kept looking. You see, in the midst of the evil in our world, Jesus is not done. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world if you believe that keep watching in the evil of this world you keep watching because jesus isn't finished yet you just keep watching you keep 
looking. Jesus even said that there was going to be great tribulation, great trouble in this world. He even said that we should be watching for the signs. And if you read the scriptures and you watch what's going on in our world, you and I will be saying, it could be any moment. I believe that it could be any moment. Some people say, well, there are other things that have to happen. Maybe there are. Maybe there aren't. I don't know. But I see things happening that are clearly recorded in scripture. What that tells me is, it could be any moment. So I'm watching because I don't want to miss it. I want to see him come. The scripture says he's going to come in the clouds. Last night that storm came in and I'm looking at the clouds and my eyes are big. I'm thinking, is he there? Is he there? Didn't see him. But I'm not stopping. Jesus told us, he says, what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. (laughs) It's exciting. He's going to do something. Watch. He's going to change things. Watch. He's still on the throne. Watch. It's not over. Keep watch. We're not done. If those women had stopped watching, they would have missed the resurrection. My fear is that in the midst of the evil of our lives, we stop watching way too soon. We stop watching because our hearts are broken. We stop watching because we feel we can't do anything, and we can't. We stop watching because we're hurt so desperately. But listen carefully, please. In Christ, you can not only just go on, but you can see his victory. And it doesn't come always right away, which is why you have to keep watch. I want to say something very important. You see, the struggle in our lives starts with evil within us. That's really where it begins. And that evil really has control of us. You say, well, I make my own choices. I make my own decisions. But the, the truth of the matter is that if we have, have not come to the love of God, we, we really make bad choices all the time. And you may say, well, I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. Well, you may be a pretty good person, but God says that he requires perfection. And you may be closer to that than I, but I'm positive you haven't reached that goal. The good news is those bad choices you have made can be forgiven by Jesus. And the punishment for those bad choices, according to Scripture, is death. And the good news in Jesus Christ is that if you put your trust in Him, He has died in your place already so that you can be forgiven. And I would, I would beg you this morning to open your mind and your heart up to Jesus and simply ask Him to forgive you. Because that will begin the victory over evil throughout your life. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love that you would be willing to die for us. A love, Lord, that we 
we can barely understand. But a love that has changed many of us. And Lord Jesus, because of that love, we've begun to see things in a different way. Our lives have been changed. And Lord, we know there are those who this morning are facing great evil in their lives. And they're struggling. And we just pray this morning that your love would surround them. That you would remind them that you're still on the throne. Lord, that, that they would be able to hold on to you. And in the midst of that, begin to feel your peace. Continue to follow you. We pray, Father, that it would not be long before they see the victory. Lord Jesus, there are others here this morning who are struggling with personal evil in their lives. Bad choices they've made. We ask, Lord Jesus, that they would open their hearts to you. That they would find the forgiveness that removes that guilt and sets them free to love like you love. We pray for others here this morning, Lord Jesus, who are watching and waiting. Strengthen them, Lord, that in the face of evil they may begin to rise out of the ashes to see your hand, to see what you're doing to glorify you. We wait for your return, Lord Jesus. On this September 11th, remind us of the victory we have in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if in your